Hello and welcome to Your Communities, Your Stories by Miss B, read by me, La Poesie. In this episode, I read an extract from a Miss B writes blog spot about the history of black hair. Today, I learnt that my hair is heliotrichus, very curly for those of you not in the know. I also learnt that the use of the Afrocomb dates back 6,000 years and engenders extraordinary symbolism. I gleaned this information and more from an exhibition called Origins of the Afrocombs, 6,000 Years of Culture, Politics and Identity, curated by Sally Ann Ashton at the Fitzwilliam Museum. In Ghana, the Drafi, wooden comb, is linked to femininity and beauty, while in Egypt, women would often cover their hair with wigs to protect their womanhood as it was linked to fecundity. It also defined their social status. It appears that Egyptians modelled their hairstyles on their Nubian neighbours and much of the stylings that we see today can be traced back to Sudan, Madagascar, Nigeria as well as other ancient African kingdoms. Combs may have started out as functional tools but soon became rooted in symbols of femininity, womanhood and beauty, which is reflected in some of the designs displayed at the museum. Moving to the 60s and 70s and the comb becomes a symbol of power, the struggle for equality and freedom in the civil rights movement in the USA. Afros become all the rage and having the Afro comb jutting from the hair became part of that statement. Even if you have not consciously realised it, many of you will be familiar with the iconic fist Afro comb. That design started life in the mind of Italian businessman Anthony R. Romani in 1972. On to mass production, Q China, and with it, an end to those rigid wooden combs that never lasted long in my hair. We move to a world where flexible plastic versions in an array of colours become commonplace. What I loved about the exhibition was its unabashed and effortless ability to flip between time. We saw artefacts dating back hundreds of years, juxtaposed with examples of true modernity, showing just how relevant combs have always been in our lives. As we enter the exhibition, there is a salute to the Akompong Maroons, who successfully gained independence from Jamaica and colonial rule in 1738. Their history and culture are captured through a series of highly decorative metal Afro combs made by Russell Newell in 2013. Fast forward 300 years and there is a display cabinet littered with decurling weaponry to smooth every kink on your head. Artifacts include the infamous pressing comb, which was patented by Annie Malone in 1900 and popularised by the famous Madame C.J. Walker. And detailed descriptions from runaway slave adverts provided unique insight into how black people styled their hair and what their superiors thought of it. Woolly hair was a common description. Jumping forward to the 21st century and the comb becomes synonymous with violence. The exhibition draws the audience's attention to fairly recent events in London where combs have been used to inflict pain on others and deemed to be dangerous weapons. The situation was perceived to be so bad that teenagers sporting them in their hair had them forcibly confiscated by the police. But by far one of the best aspects of the exhibition for me was the black and white pictures of men and women and their hair dating back to the 19th century. 
These images were like delicate archaeological finds and featured hairstyles that I fear have been discarded, buried and banished in the march towards socially acceptable modern hairstyling. There were pictures of young girls with intricate cornrows, not like what we have today, but ones that coil and loop around their head. These artistic styles, however, were not confined to just women. Men were considered to be as important in the hair grooming culture and were often featured devoid of hair but for a long pigtail at the back of the head or micro-dreads. It is interesting to see that over the last 20 years, the West has seen a revival in hair grooming among males. And while this trend is still largely frowned upon in most African societies, even though in antiquity it was more commonplace, these attitudes are slowly shifting. This exhibition lovingly weaves together history, politics and socialism, but leaves room for that personal experience. Everyone has their own intimate story to tell, whether that involves being sandwiched between your mother's thighs or those Saturday outings to the hairdresser. Thank you very much for listening. That was an extract from a piece published in 2013 called Going Back to My Roots. To read the whole piece and to find out more on African history, please visit www.mrsbwrites.co.uk.